Hey, we're finally here. How are you? Just having me, man. Hey, this is JP Smith for people that don't know who this big headed, hairy human is. Harry. Harry. Well, you're, <laughs> you know, you're not going bald for a long time. <laughs> JP Smith is a uh, eight time All American from the University of Tennessee. And now he is, how many years you've been on the tour? I. Been on the tour now since uh, July 2011. 2011, a tennis pro, and uh, he's one of my closest friends, good buddy of mine. I trained him in high school. We flirt around with some stuff as he's a pro, but most of the time we could just go out to eat and have one hell of a time. We do. It's yeah. great fun. Yeah, I love always coming out of the house, coming to the gym, hanging out. It's been awesome. I appreciate you taking the time because I know you got to go. You're always a jet setter. <laughs> you know, you always got to get that meal in and. Uh, you know, then you got to go. You're They're still away. in Knoxville. <laughs> you whisked away somewhere all the time. <laughs> but appreciate it. I know it's, it's been a long day. And we're you out of town tomorrow? I'm going to Mexico tomorrow. Yep. Mexico. Monterey, Mexico. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It doesn't stop. I was just in Canada last week freezing my um, tail off. And this week, I'll be heading to Mexico for a couple of weeks. I, I, you know, I know you're 30 years old, but where do you get the energy to go like you go? I think it's just the drive. Like I wake up and I love competition. I think that's the biggest thing um, that fuels me every day, uh, competing and doing doing what's necessary to get in the right mindset and the right um, physical shape to get out there and just give my all. Um, obviously, I've had a lot of losses, a lot of wins, but you know, every day you just got to back it up. I mean, your outlook, you know, we always are like, oh my God, JP's in or I can't wait to see him because your, your outlook and your attitude is always so high. And how is that? Like, you're in a one-on-one sport that it's like, you know, I played well, but I didn't win, but I played well, but I didn't win. That's all we ever hear on the, on the tennis circuit of like, you know, I'm, we're, we're like X's and O's. You know, for people who don't know, we got Josh Dobbs in here, too. He got booted. We were going to do a uh, three-microphone deal, but you know, our program director said, you know, we don't have time to set it up because – She's hungry and needs a drink. He's and, pretty devastated and, yeah. about it as well. He really wanted to be in on this. Yeah, no. And so I got to do him solo by himself Friday. Yeah, well, thrown. That's a big. Yeah, well, I'm looking at a fifteen hundred dollar microphone that's not being used right we now. We gave it five minutes notice, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it would have been perfect. Yeah. The three of you know, two UT guys, you know, big time studs at the University of Tennessee. So. Yeah, I've always lo- I love watching Dobbsy play at uh, UT. So it would have been awesome to have him on. That, yeah, I wish, next time I guess next next time Dobbs. I'm you know? sorry, it can't happen today. So I'm gonna do him Friday and talk about his journey. The one question I always like to open up with you, elite athletes and, and um, even CEOs that are special. Um, when did you know that you were different? When when did you know playing your sport that you were kind of different? And and, and I've talked to a lot of different people and. The best of the best, it's kind of a hard question. And then some guys know, you know, and I have a guest that's coming on. I don't want to say who and when, but he knew at 13 when he did something, let's say, uh, Robert Redford-like in a ballpark. Well, you got some big guests coming on here, Charles. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Thanks for having me on now before the show blows up. You right, know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I just, you know, it, I don't know. You know, I, I I've asked that with Harrison Smith, the Viking safety he's been on, and it was kind of a it was a gray question. Even working with him from eighth grade on, I was like, 
okay, he's a kid in eighth grade that's running around. Just because somebody's dominating, you know, a peewee football game in eighth grade doesn't mean they're like different. You know, they're probably the fastest kid on the team. You know, they're not defense offense. I'm sure Dobbs never came off the field at that age. And, you know, was he special at that age? I'm going to ask him the same question Friday. So Dobbs, you could get used to that question. It's a cool question because you really, you really, some people like I knew right here, like you, you were, you first of all, let's back it up. You're an eight time all American. Okay, for listeners out there and viewers and everybody else, nobody could ever answer how you're an eight time all American. Unless you play tennis. Thanks, program director. Exactly. That, could, that couldn't get the third microphone going. That's this is Bush League. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought I had five star reviews, Dobbs. Didn't you say I had five star reviews? Yeah. It's enough for the producer though. Yeah, well the producer <laughs> just got a, a, you know, an Uber check of uh angry. You know. <laughs> Uncustomer satisfaction, right? What's the electricity go over in a say? Yeah. She's lucky we're here, you know? Yes, you are. Yes, thank you so much, program director. <laughs> when did you know? When did you, eight time All American, you know, uh, let me back it up. Let me give you some more information, you know, because I know you pretty well from being with you so long as you come from teachers. Yes. You know, so uh, at a high school, a lot of guys turn pro. You decided not to. Education was a big thing for you. Correct. You wanted to figure, you know, finish four years of uh, your college, get the degree, move on. You know, that's a whole other question. Do you think that retarded your growth some, you know, where all the European guys come out, you know, the prodigies, they're homeschooled, they're, you know, they're turning pro at 16 or, you know, you know, tons more than that. Do you think that held you back or do you think maybe that's the reason you have the energy at 30 or like, dude, I'm just 30. I've just been out there. Six years or so, right? Exactly. Well, growing up, my first sport actually wasn't even tennis. Um, I swam from the age six to twelve, and it was, I think, the swimming that kind of helped me propel me into tennis. Mainly because of the fact that I didn't really enjoy swimming towards the end, which is why I stopped when I was twelve. And when I started playing tennis full on, it's when I really knew this is what I really enjoy. This is what I really liked, and I could focus all my attention. Um, into developing as a tennis player because it's obviously not easy um, when you stop a sport because you kind of miss those feelings. But I was really kind of mentally tired with swimming, and um, I still love to swim now. Um, you know, for workouts and you know, pool recoveries. But um, you know, playing tennis after that—that's kind of what my passion was. So I'd say when I was about thirteen, that's when I really knew that I wanted to put all my attention towards it. But did you know to put your attention towards it because you were dominating at that level? Or did you go, ah, I like swimming, but my passion is tennis? Because you work with a lot of athletes, and I worked with a lot in 28 years, that the sport that they really love isn't the one that's going to make them the money. So they switch True. over and go, okay, let me adopt a new love. True. I think it's just, I just knew that this is the sport I really wanted to play. And it had that you know that solitary aspect to it. Um which I really enjoy. Like I really love competing one-on-one, that mono-mono sort of situation. And that's what I think kind of really, you know, drove me to, you know, giving, me up, giving, giving it my all. You know, obviously as a kid, you make a lot of sacrifices. My parents made huge sacrifices, spending their weekends driving me to tournaments, training practices, early mornings, late nights, um, balancing all that. Obviously they were teachers as well, so they had to do, juggle that with all their work. So, um, looking back on it now, I'm very thankful for all the sacrifice they made and, you know, just one of those things where, you know, very grateful to have the opportunity and I've been lucky enough to stay injury-free where I can play as much as I can. You know, obviously I get niggles here and there, but um, knock on wood that 
continue to look after my body just as much as I do now. And um, yeah, and, and as you we touched base on again, as you said, people are playing longer now. Um, I think with every sport, everyone's playing longer. And you know, I think techno- you know, strength stuff, technology, diet, everything, sleep, everything plays its part now. And I think sport is going to keep getting you know progressively older for every um, you know every athlete. Did you did you do any team sports? Or was it always the one on ones, the mano mano, as you say? It was ma- just yeah, just playing tennis. You know, swimming. We obviously we swim in teams. Obviously, relays and stuff. But it wasn't you know a natural team sport. I'd say. I mean, were you as good as swimmer as you were a tennis player? I was good in my region. I didn't really test the waters outside the state. Obviously, Queensland is a big state, right. uh, but no. The, when I started playing tennis, that's when I kind of excelled. <coughs> so when you were 13, you were like, I'm switching, and I got to go full-time into tennis. Well, it was seasonal, so I was doing swimming and tennis. Okay. It's when I dropped uh, swimming and went full-time tennis is when I started to um, really see the results. All right, so then take me through that process. Like you're in junior high, were you dominating tennis? Were you the, the, the kid, the, the person? I was definitely, as you say, a prodigy. I was, you know, I was number one in Queensland. And, you know, I was in the top three in the in Australia as well. So um, a lot of those guys, as you uh, mentioned before, a lot of them stopped school. A lot of them basically put all their eggs in one basket. Having a background with parents, I knew I had to get an education. They pressed for it. I actually wanted it as well as a backup plan. So finished my um, high school diploma and then had the opportunity, you know, to get recruited. I was, I was a top five junior in the world as well. So before finishing, um, oh, I, didn't know that. I was pretty highly recruited by a lot of the schools over here in the states but but again jp when you came out of high school could you made that transition of going hey i want to go pro you know and and what i mean by that is like what does that look like to going off to school because once you sign you know with the university or college okay hey i go report here you know we go through orientation you know i take a visit and then we start classes and i'm i'm I got my classes and I got my practice. I got my workouts. I got my food. It's all structured under the university. When you, if, if you said, Hey, at a high school, I want to go pro. You have to find like a coach. You have to find a strength and conditioning coach. You have to find nutritionist, exactly. a manager. So it's like forming a team. So therefore, you know, I guess, is it, I, I work with some PGA golfers also, and they have to get like a, sponsorships and, and, and people investing in them. Absolutely. Know. It's a whole process, all that you just uh, mentioned. And that's another reason why I didn't want to do it as well because I don't think if I went pro out of high school, I would still be playing today. Not only that, because of the travel, as you said, find the right team, playing the right tournaments. Because when you start out of high school, you're basically at the lowest ring of tennis. So you're playing from no ranking, trying to build your ranking up. Coming to college, obviously – as you said, uh, strength coaches, school, you have everything kind of structured. You travel as a team, you play as a team, you get that aspect as a team, meet great people, and you get that um, high school, uh, sorry, college degree, which I think is massive now. I think a lot of people now are suddenly realizing that college can be the right route to playing on the professional level. Because you probably think, you know, because back in the 80s, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, McEnroe and all those guys never saw college and they were... Well, McEnroe actually did. He was he did one semester at Stanford. He did. Yeah. But then they were done earlier. Like you were talking about recovery, training, nutrition, everybody's playing longer. Yeah. So now they don't think college is that bad, right? They Exactly. People realize how hard it is on the tour, traveling by yourself, you know, week in, week out, going to these places where you're not, you, you know, we have to eat, look out for yourself dangerous places you have to eat properly you know a lot of these things um people don't realize how tough it is mentally so you could use college as, as like a training ground 
Absolutely. You know, like the minor leagues before, you know, get acclimated to growing up, right? I mean, it, it seems so different. It's so bizarre. It's great. And the great thing about the University of Tennessee, I can train here, I can practice here, you know, uh, I live in Knoxville. It's my base, and I really love being around here. You know, with great energy. We have a great atmosphere as well. As you said, just come out of the house, chilling, giving the right support of people. You know, in in your your close group right. and um, picking your circle exactly. Right. Um, you know, and that's what I love about it. You know, everyone's positive. Everyone builds each other up. It's a, it's a sort of um, positive um, reinforcement that you need. Right. I think right. even without sport as well. Even if you're not playing sport, you kind of need that pickup all the time. And and you know, a full year, what what are the months that are off on the tour? Tennis season's one of the longest seasons in professional sport. You know, you get basically the end of November and December off and then, boom, straight back into, you know, the Australian Open series down under. And you actually, I mean, I know we talk about this every year and I'm always so blown away of how you go home and how that flight is absolutely amazing. I, I know you couldn't last that for. I mean, there's no way, man. I can't, you know. It's hard to go to Miami. I just got back from there, and I was like, "How long is this flight?" You know, I, I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. You know, uh, it's it's essentially two days to get home. If you, I've done it multiple times from Knoxville, you've got to go from Knoxville, Dallas, Dallas, LA, LA, Brisbane, Brisbane, Townsville for me. So that's how many flights I've got to knock out. That's amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. I know Dobbs doesn't want to do it now. No, well, Dobbs is a cruise guy. <laughs> when he goes on those cruises, I'm like, who does that? You know, so I got two guys in here. That would be a good talk. If I only had a third microphone, that would be a great talk of how bad I hate cruises and flying. So that would be kind of cool. Yeah, cruises, that's another thing I've uh... – Dude, he loves cruises. I mean, it's amazing. I get a little seasick, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. No, there's so. no way I could do that. All right, so so now you're prepping. You're at the beginning of 2019, mm-hmm. right? So do you do like all the other athletes? Again, I asked all of them, the Harrisons, the Heltons, the Penningtons, the goals. Like do you put goals down? Do you go, okay, this is what I accomplish? Or 2019, we're more massaged of let's let's enjoy the process, let's keep the energy up, where it falls, it falls, or does or do you have goals? Like even in my business, I have goals. I write them down and look at them each year and go, okay, I want to get this done. I maybe want to train this guy. It's not always the money. I don't think about the money as much. Never have of like, I got to get this yeah. better. I got to get that guy. I got to see if I can recruit this guy, see if he wants to train. How do you put your goals down as a tennis player six, what, seven years on the tour? Yeah, I, I would say every year I've had different goals. Um, a lot of my goals this year so far have been process goals. You know, making sure I get all the work and making sure I take care of my bo- my body. Not so much result oriented goals, just because I feel like if you're doing the right stuff, you know, on and off the court, that the results are going to happen. And this off season pre- uh, in Australia, I did, you know, one of my biggest goals was to get on court more in the heat. Obviously, Australian summer, it's very tough. The conditions, I'd say, are some of the toughest <laughs> in the world. You know, you, you get 105 degree days, 80% humidity. You know, it's tough to really back up sessions, and that's why I really pushed my body this um, off season. And you know, had a great result the Australian Open. We um, made the mixed doubles final there, so the <laughs> first Grand Slam mixed doubles. Um, I making saw the final that. there. Congratulations! Have I seen you since then, or no? No, I haven't seen me. I haven't seen me since November. It's crazy. Wow! It seems like you were just here. I mean, <laughs> Time fly. Like I'm telling you, soccer taco or at the house, you know, doing crazy. I stuff. mean, we met in 2008, and that's 11 years ago. Yeah. Can you believe it? No, it flies I can't by. believe it at all. I mean, it flies by. Yeah. So this, yeah, the um, as I call it, the one-on-one 
but it's it's singles to doubles and and your your claim to fame is he's one hell of a doubles player and mm-hmm. you know I've always challenged you with this off off camera off mic of like how do we get you to the singles level what what is the difference you know what makeup is that you know because we talk about everybody through the wood gym the purpose of the podcast were type a personalities why why is everybody a go-getter why is everybody a winner why is everybody pushing why is everybody the number one thing that Dobbs and I were talking about today at lunch consistent all the champions are consistent all the winners are consistent how do you get you know because I always challenge you with that how do you cross over from the doubles to okay I'm 30. Like you said, you could probably play to 40 now. I mean, I mean, I was watching Fed a couple of days ago. I mean, yeah, he's phenomenal. He, I mean, he's yeah. What he's doing now in tennis at that, that age, it's and, and, and what I don't get with the big boys like that, their bodies look the same. So how do you get to that next level? Because mixed doubles champion. Okay. How do we get you? I mean, you, you touched on it, Chad, consistency. It's for me, it's always been tough backing up the singles wins, win after win after win. Mm-hmm. Cause with tennis, it's not, Take football, for example. You win one week and you got that rest time off where you can kind of reset, prepare for the new next opponent. Tennis is you play one day, then boom, you're back at it the next day. Got to win those five matches to win the tournament. Um, in doubles, I've really thrived with that, mainly because I think, you know, naturally I'm a pretty good doubles player. I take a lot of space up. I'm tall. I serve well, return well. Um, you know, assets to my game that really translate over well to doubles. For singles, I struggled kind of, you know, back, as I said, backing up win after win in singles. You know, my career high has been 108 in singles. You know, I've played for top 100 um, four that. times. So I've been right there. And it's just right now, um, I think I'm in a great place right now. I'd say I'm probably stronger than I was even when I started on the tour when I was 22. So do you feel the pressure like, okay, hey, I'm 30, I got to get going. Do you feel that pressure? You don't seem like much of a pressure guy. You seem more of like a fly by the seat of your pants guy you know what i'm saying like you have fun it's like oh jp's fun we're gonna have fun tonight we're gonna go out and have a good time at dinner we'll go back home you know chill out whatever yeah you always have that fun the next thing i wanted to talk about was i talk about harrison with watching film and when dobbs lives with me they got their ipads they're always watching film they're always looking at stuff do you look at your next opponent and on the one-on-one game sports you know as tennis do you go okay i got this guy coming up after you win like your first match films is so critical <clears throat> so you, you do watch film <clears throat> you analyze your next opponent like a boxer does a lot of film um i only really started getting into it a couple of years ago um that I knew the importance of it really because it's critical i mean you know obviously getting older getting more in tune with the sport you kind of pick up things and that was probably one of the biggest uh, things is watching film, watching what you do as well, habits, technique, a lot of this sort of stuff that you know you wouldn't see otherwise unless you watched it. Do you think the big boys watch film like you think a Federer or Nadal are, are looking at film? Or are they pretty much no, they're, everybody, everyone's looking at film. Everybody it doesn't matter who you are. I can tell every athlete's looking at film, is even it, athletes it, they speak to. Is it set up like in the NFL where you know they they have it at the facility? They pass out the iPads. I mean, how do you guys? You go to the the center, the training, you know, wherever the host of the tournament is, and they got film room set up. Yeah, or do you no, basically you just get your up? match on a USB. They hand it to you, and then you can kind of just go over it like that. Okay, so they hand you over a match to exactly. watch your opponent. Oh, that's pretty. Oh, cool. Oh, well, watch your match, and you can get access to your opponents as well. So got it. And, yeah, and 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 um. Who's in your corner when you travel? Do you have a uh, group of people that that are coming your way? Like, yeah. Coach? So I travel with uh, Jacob Meyer. You've met a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming to the gym here, and you know, coming back here, you know, I have Chris Woodruff down at the University of Tennessee, who I really respect, and 
you know, it's great insight and great value and, you know, just one of those really solid guys that you want to have, um, you know, supporting you. Obviously, I love chatting with you, you Chaz. I'm just hearing, like, stories, experiences, um, you know, it's just really refreshing, I'd say. And it's just sort of that really good vibe, as I touched on before, energy as well, that, you know, you surround yourself with the right people. I have another great guy, Ben Rogers, um, who I love just being around. I'd say he's a great mentor mm-hmm. as well. Um, I love Benny. We trained him in high school and college. Absolutely. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. So he, he – but I, I know he meets you for the big tournaments, you know, and, mm-hmm. and hits with you or whatever. But th- your guy is basically Jacob. And what I'm saying is do you fly solo a lot? Like, hey, I got to find where to eat tonight. I got to find where – you know, because when I, when I worked with some of the pro, pro motocross guys, I took on that manager, trainer – life coach for the 16 to 17, 18 year old guys. So the parents would pay me to go travel with them from Thursday to Sunday. So it was my job to find a gym to train out of where we're going to eat, how we're going to eat, make sure they go to bed on time, make sure we wake up in time, train in time, get to the track. So I prepped everything, got prepped yeah. all their meals. Um, is it anything Tennis like that? Tennis is very individual as well. So you don't really, you have obviously some close friends on tour that you, you know, the guys that play doubles with them very close with, follow the Australian guys I'm very close with. So we'll try and, um, you know, if schedules permit, we'll try and, you know, eat together, hang out together. But, you know, as I said, it's pretty individual. So you, you kind of spend a lot of your time by yourself analyzing, recovering, practicing, training, so you know, the daily grind. So A lot of alone time. Exactly. And, and you're okay with that? I'm okay with it, yeah. I've kind of gotten used to it over the years. It's just part of the, it's part of the job. Um, but with that being said, obviously I like, you know, speak to my family on the phone, you know, close, you know, close relatives, you know what I mean? Like people who, um, you know, like to run ideas by, you know, game plans by as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jacob as well, I like to, uh, to speak to a lot as well. You know, Ben, even you just, you know, just sure. to give my mind for the game, you know, hear, what, hear what's happening. And when you go somewhere for like a week or two weeks, do you like, do you train at the center? Do they have a uh, weight room set up? With all the stuff to train, no, you got to kind of find it yourself a you lot find of times. Yourself, exactly. Like you got to go fi- find a gym, pay twenty five bucks or whatever. Yeah, go is. and get your work. Make sure you get your work in. You um, work in. Get on the court. You know, get all the stuff you need. Your reps and everything like that. You've got to. Uh, it's that's why it's very. Um, you got to take a lot of responsibility for yourself because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to you. It's not you don't have a team there pushing you from behind or a coach grabbing you by the ear and taking you to the gym or taking you to eat. You've, if you want to put the right fuel in your body, you've got to do it yourself. And how tall are you? I'm 6'2". 6'2", body yeah. weight? 183. And is that a good – are those numbers – you know, you look at Dobbs, 6'3", 212, yeah. prototype-style quarterback, yeah. flexing his muscles, doing his deal. Yeah. Is that good for you? Well, when I started college, I was six foot one and 160 pounds. So college was a great platform for me to add weight in my body, kind of grow into my body a lot. And – you know, it kind of helped because, you know, I reached number one in singles, number one in doubles. You know, I was the second person ever in college here at tennis history to get a time All-American. So I'm the last one right now. So college for me was one of those, like I needed it. I, I wouldn't be able to describe it. I, I needed it. I mean, weren't you, um, didn't you beat out Cam Newton for SEC Player of the Year? Uh, SEC Athlete of the Year, yes, yeah. 2011. I that's, did. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. That's, uh, yeah, that's big time. And, and just managing everything, you know, school, community service. I did a lot of that and at UT. Have was, you found that high again? I mean, you're coming off an eight-time All-American. Like, where does that high go? Did you feel it when you were mixed doubles champ at, at the Australian Open? Did Was it anything like that? What would be – Just clarify, runner-up. 
Have they shown up in the okay. Dutch, runner yeah, up. Just okay. In case. Okay. So <laughs> the, the parallel of eight eight time All America. How do you, how do you? I mean, once you've gone to Mars, what do you do? Well, I have a little uh, tennis goals left. I want to you know I want to I want to hit as well. So I you know it was great, obviously getting that done um, right for college. But there's so many more tennis, so many more things I want to accomplish in tennis and um, you know athletically as well i want to get better at so many more things in my game i need to you know fine tune as well so there's always work to be done and i haven't really touched on much of it i don't really settle i like to keep moving forward you know i'll probably ask you a corny sappy question but you, your flight home you know after the year rounds down you know and this the sun's going down do, do you ever sit in the plane and go okay what's next you know should i did i have a good enough year to keep going because you always seem so up you know your attitude is always so bubbly it's like how, how does he do that without man i nailed this tournament i got this tournament or do you see those progressions that a normal person wouldn't see that's not in the tennis game of like you're making steps forward you know you're still moving forward you're still falling forward you're still progressing people have to progress to make happy i was telling an athlete it's like losing weight whether it's two pounds or five pounds that makes you happy you know, not the goal, but it makes you happy and it makes you move forward. It's amazing. It's, it's great that you actually said that because when I actually do fly back, and I remember I was hanging out with uh, Ben, Chase. Uh, Who's Hol- Chase? Chase Thomas. Chase Thomas. We're at your house. Remember when we were chilling out there? Oh, on the yeah. Porch, the, the, we're hanging out. Everyone came over. We had the hoodies up. The local tennis pro. Yeah. <laughs> we had yeah, the hoodies up. Here in the hoodies up. Yeah. yeah the hoodies up. Chase. Yeah, that okay. was the last time. I, um, then I went home after that. So. Yeah, it's great. It's one of those things where you get on the plane, you kind of think of the year. What there's a lot of what is in tennis, you know. Right. Tennis is so close; a single point can change the outcome of a match, just like you know any other you know football match. A single call can change the match, and you know a lot of what ifs. And when you get to that off season, it's you know you need the recovery, but you're also so ready to go out there and keep working. Like you just want to keep working and working, so you reach these, you know, so you get those weaknesses become strengths. And I'll, that's how I feel when I'm on that, you know, two-day flight back. I want to, I'm antsy to get out. I'm one, I'm one of those people It's hard to sit still and, you know, kind of relax. I want to be doing stuff. I want to make making sure that I'm doing everything I can to, you know, get the most out of myself. Um, do you journal? I mean, you know, like write down your thoughts and, and your, your overall synopsis or review for the year. Like, again, you have that flight home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge reflection flight. I would call that as being a trainer. And I was with an athlete and we were journeying home if we lived in the same town in Australia of going, okay, let's go over the year. Let's see, you know, what we did. We did well, what we didn't do well, what we could improve on. Do, do you write it all down, then look at it? And those are the things that you build. Do you build a plan for the next year or do you just review what you did the year before? It's no, we actually, that's uh, we that's exactly what we do. So Jacob and I, we love um, just kind of going over stuff like it, highs and lows, same thing, losses, wins. What we did well here, where I played my best tennis, best tennis is it hot conditions, is it cold, is it indoors, is it on the clay, is it on the hardcore, the grass. So many services you have to get used to. Conditions every week's a different condition, different balls, different stringers, you know, different food. So you really want to kind of find the right places where you play well, what you do well, and make it a routine. Like so you want to play those events every year. You do. You want to leave that event out of your calendar. You need to do more training weeks. You need to get stronger here. You don't hit enough serves the, the weeks leading up to tournaments. You don't, you know, everything. 
you're not stretching enough. You know, you're not doing enough prehab for your for your shoulder, your knees. So, yeah, you kind of look at those periods where you know you were injured, where you're playing well, where you had your best results, where you were mentally. You know, for example, I'm going on the road now for you know four and a half weeks. You know, look at the end of the trip. Was it too much? Was could I go another one more week? You know, you're kind of assessing. It's a lot of assessing going on back and forth. So, all right. I got to ask you a question. <laughs> What's this one? No, it's a pretty good question. It's not bad. All right. Now, my timer now is saying 35 minutes, but uh, what time's Cassie's close? Do you want Cassie's tonight, Josh? Hello. I know he's wanting Cassie. Do we need to close that door? It's the first time we haven't closed the door. Nobody's here. Mm. No noise. She's it's on edge tonight. Apart from, apart from the phone ringing, no noise. Yeah. No, no noise. Um, the local tournament here in Knoxville. What's that called? The Knoxville, Knoxville Challenger. The Knoxville Challenger. Yep. And, you know, I've been watching you play that every year. And yep. it's always like, come on, man. Let's win it. Yeah. Is that really a stupid statement to say, like, let's win it? Because, like, you just you just broke down, like, this is a game changer. You know, a game of inches, as Dobbs would know, it also, it, like, changes the momentum of the whole game. So is it the same way of, like, I just can't say I want to win it and blow through these people because I'm, I'm I'm much more talented than the second guy in here. Is it like that, or is it the pressure of coming home to Knoxville, playing up at University of Tennessee in the Good Friends Center? Is, is that kind of like, I don't have a shot. I'm too tense. We know I got home crowd. Everybody's coming to watch. Charlie's going to yell at me again, probably bring some people to heckle. Drink some wine, bring heckle. Cody. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Cody's going to heckle him while he's playing and, you know, I mean, I'd love to win the Knoxville Challenge. I've won it in doubles. Um, but as a tennis player, there's going to be one winner at the end of the week. And, you know, 32 guys, you're both giving the best you can. You're not going to win every week. And that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you're always, you know, I remember Todd Helton when he was in, in the majors and those the minor league guys get called up and, you know, they get mad because they struck out. And, he's, and the first thing he always says, get ready, you're going to strike out more than you're going to hit. So get used to that. Yeah. So you don't go into a tournament going, I'm going to win this. You know, like somebody's going to go into a football game on Sundays. Dobbs is going, going. we're going to win. We we looked at what we're doing. We're prepared. We're better than this team on special teams, on offense, defense. I mean, we're going in to win. It's not like, oh, we might take a loss. I mean, Dobbs, you ever say I might take a loss? No. So it's no. different on a Sunday. We're going in to win. You, your mindset on, my mind says you're going to win I'm not win saying well. it's bad. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's not like I'm going to go in and win. No, every match you want to win. Like, you see even before the match, like, I'm, I'm pretty locked in. I mean, but do you look at the players? Because you know a lot of the guys yeah. out there on the tour, like, I could beat him. I could kick his ass. Mm-hmm. I could beat him. I could kick his ass. Or, oh, wow. I can't win. You know, there's never anything like that. No, I never, no. I never walked in a match and be like, oh, this guy's got me beat here. So everybody's pretty equal. Everyone's up, very equal. Up until the level of like the feds again. You know, it's like, okay, well, I might. I mean, there's people that get upset because they're not playing well. Well, if you look at the ranks, so um, some of the guys I've beaten who, you know, Alexander Zerev, he's number, currently number three in the world. I've beaten him before the Australian Open a couple of years ago. Nick Kyrgios, he's a top former top 20 player who I've beaten before. And Alexander Rublev, another top 30 player I've been before. Kachinov, a former top 20 player I've been before. I think he's maybe 11 right now, Kachinov. So a lot of these guys I've beaten who are obviously at the peak of the game or actually at the you know top of the game. Um, but as I said, it's the consistency of winning you know, match after match after match after match where you get all the points to make your ranking jump. 
And and would you say luck's involved? You know, oh my gosh, you know, he had a lucky call or he was just playing, you know, there's always there's off the charts. Yeah, exactly. You know, it depends how your opponent plays. You know, there's there's a lot of uh like a you know, neck cords, as you said, calls, mm-hmm. a lot of sort of th- stuff like that as well. Play, goes into a part as well. Okay. I got one more question, then we'll wrap it up, and I'll take everybody out to eat, okay? Because we got some angry customers over here on the side right there. One's pouting, one's telling us to tap it out, you know, that, you know, and not the good tap out, you know what I'm saying? Just a yeah. tap out. Okay, so um, what's a yearly annual cost to be on the tour? I've always wanted to know that, and I don't know if I've ever asked you that. All the lunches and all the dinners and all the hangouts at the house, yeah. I never go – What's it cost for a year to be on the tour? Yeah, it's definitely uh, for, for me. During all the years I've been on the tour, it's about you know close to you know eight or hundred thousand. Some years have been more because I've played a lot more and I've traveled a lot more with my coach as well. So you're paying his expenses, you know, his airfares, his flights. So you know it's up there. Yeah, it's oh yeah, there. flights. Yeah. You got to pay for the coach's flights. Absolutely, everything, food, right? yep, yep, everything, yep, per yep. diems, all that type yep. of jazz. Yeah. So eighty to a hundred thousand. Yeah. And and you paid it. Do you have to pay like? For the events to get into, or you're just in the event. No, so you pay an so you pay an annual fee for um, it's called the ATP. Basically, the um, registration fee. Okay, so and that covers go. the fee. So it's, it's a pretty hefty fee as well. You get to pay as well. It's a hefty so. fee, but it gets you in the, all the tournaments if yeah. you qualify or whatever. Yeah, and then you pay. Did oh, you know that? Oh, yeah. well. And then you pay in, the international insurance, <laughs> insurance as well. Really, the international insurance that kills you as well because you're not just <clears throat> traveling in America. You're traveling Asia, Australia, Europe. Got it. So you got to make sure you know you get hit by a car, you know, run over anything. Exactly. You got to prepare for the worst. <laughs> a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff goes oh, into shit. it. So well, I think I got a lot of questions answered tonight, and I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. No, thanks. I, I, I'm really. I've been listening to podcasts. I'm actually glad I could jump on one here. Just five star me, like an Uber <laughs> driver. <laughs> There's people who always ask for a five star. Uber, I give them two. Dude, no, I didn't no, even no, know I'm about joking. five stars until Dobbs just told know, me a minute ago. Now I'm before. like. You guys are going to have to open up the doors for me at the restaurant. You know, it's going to be, come on, guys. You're going to have a food to the gym to five yeah. star the, 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 They don't want the, their autographs from Dobbs. It's going to be me. I'm a five-star podcast with nine of them. Okay. <laughs> Tell everyone to listen to your first one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> listen to my first one. JP, I appreciate it, man. I love you. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Jazz. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks.